0: Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and precious Son, Jesus Christ. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I hope everyone has had a blessed week and the Lord has continued to minister unto you and you are well. It has been a couple of weeks since we have studied Matthew, so if you open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18... Uh, Before we go any further, I want to recap on some things that we have learned. But we will be looking at Matthew chapter 18. We know in the beginning of this chapter, it talks about the, the lineage of Jesus. A virgin was with child, and her name was Mary. She was told that she shall call him Emmanuel. Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. When Jesus became of age, John the Baptist preached in the wilderness. Jesus came to John to be baptized, but John refused because he did not feel worthy to baptize Jesus. But Jesus said, suffer it to be now, for it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus was driven into the wilderness and was tempted of the devil 40 days and nights. When Jesus victoriously came from the wilderness... He began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus preached and healed the sick and all manner of diseases. And after seeing the multitude follow, he went to a mountain. There he taught them what we know as the Beatitudes. He taught many other things, such as we are the salt and the light of the world. except our righteousness Exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. We cannot enter the kingdom. Mm-hmm. He taught them, taught them how to pray. And how the kingdom has come in earth as it is in heaven. In chapter 8 it says when he came down from the mountain many followed. There he healed a leper. After he healed the servant of a centurion. Jesus went in to Peter's house and healed his mother-in-law. He entered into a ship and went into his own country. As different ones followed, he saw those that were worthy to be called his disciples. It was here where he found Matthew. We see in chapter 10 that Jesus chose 12, who he now called apostles. He commissioned them to go out into the lost house of Israel only and do everything he had done preach, teach, and heal. We learn at that time, John sent his disciples to Jesus to ask if he was the one or should they look for another. We know John knew he, who he was, but he sent them that they would know. When they came to Jesus, Jesus told them, go and tell John what they saw. They saw the blind receive their sight. The lame walk." The lepers cleansed, the deaf could hear, and the dead were being raised. As Jesus continued preaching and teaching, he not only added followers, but he also created enemies. Jesus began to upset the religious world. What the Pharisees and Sadducees taught was total opposite. Jesus began to speak many parables they did not understand, but he took the time to explain them to his disciples. As the multitude followed and grew, Jesus saw a need to feed them. One time he took two fish and five loaves of bread and fed 5,000 men and took up 12 baskets full. Another time he fed 4,000 and took up uh, seven baskets. This did not include the women and children that were with them. If you do the math, you would see He had more left over after they were fed than when they started. Time is beginning to wind down but Jesus. And he tells his disciples to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They thought Jesus said this because they forgot to take bread. After he explained to them what he meant, they understood. Jesus then asked the question, who do men say I the son of man am? The simple way of saying this is, who are men saying Jesus is? Jesus is the son of man. Of course, they all answered as people say today, a prophet, John the Baptist, Elijah. But when he asked who he was, Peter was the only one who said, thou art the Christ, meaning Jesus, who is the son of man, is also the Christ, who is the son of God. Mm -hmm. Now, let's look at what takes place In chapter 18. 18 verse 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus saying. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Even though Jesus often told his disciples his kingdom was not of this world. They still dreamed of a temporal and earthly kingdom. Even today, we think that some positions are greater and more important than others. Verse two says, and Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, verily, I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receives me. What the disciples were suffering with and what we suffer with many times is pride and ambition. What Jesus was trying to get them to see and understand was the doctrine of humility. First and foremost, you must be converted, which means to be changed. And the only way this can happen is to receive him. Then become as a little child. Now, if a child is raised right, and I say if, say if with a capital I and F, if a child is raised right, they will, they are humble in heart. They are kind and respectful, have respectful spirit and they forgive easily. This also shows Christians of the church are helpers of each other and they become ministers to each other and they should perform it in the name of Christ. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hang about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea, just like a good parent would protect his own. God will protect his. Yes. Woe unto the world because of offense. For it must needs be that offense come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. One writer would say, a curse is on the earth because of trouble. For it is necessary for trouble to come. Mm-hmm. But unhappy is that man through whom the trouble comes. We know what happened. what is happening in the world today. We can see the chaos in politics, women's rights, among other things. And no matter what the decision, the world will not agree. But woe unto the church when it becomes an off- comes to offense. Offense will come in the church for those that confess religion and not Christ. In this aspect, woe unto the church where offense comes, but woe unto the man that causes the offense. Mm. Wherefore, in verse 8, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life, halt or main, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. This does not mean literally as if it is our duty to cripple or impair our body members. Think about it. If your foot, hand, or eye offended, whatever caused them to offend, the other will offend also. The exhortation is to cut off all occasions that may betray us into sin. Destroy the lust that is as dear to us as our right eye. The best way to be kept from the outward actions of sin is to destroy the inward affection and love to sin. If our love and affection to sin is destroyed, our bodily members can be preserved because they will no longer be weapons of sin, but instruments of holiness. Verse 10. Take heed that you despise that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you. That in heaven the angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Just as the angels have no have to answer to God, so do we. Don't think the children of God can be undervalued or neglected, much less injured and afflicted. Verse 11. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. How think ye? If a man have a hundred sheep and one of them to uh, be gone astray, does he not leave the ninety and nine and go into the mountains and seek that which is gone astray? And if so, be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoice more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which he went not astray. That went not astray. If a farmer will leave and find the sheep that is lost, Don't you think we are much greater than sheep of the world? Don't you know that this is what Jesus did for us? He left his place with his father to come and save us from the state we were in. And every time one is found, there is rejoicing in heaven. Even so, it is not the will of your father, which is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. It is not the will of God that any be lost. But if any soul is lost it is not because God's will or counsel was against their salvation or a proper provision was not made. Though light came into the world they preferred darkness to light. The reason they will be lost their attachment was to evil deeds. Look at verse 15. <clears throat> Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But we do just the opposite. Either we hold it in or we go and tell everyone else. Mm -hmm. In order for it to be done successfully and properly, it must be done privately and carefully. So go to them alone. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. If this occurs, I don't think any witness will do. I don't think you should go and get anybody. I think it should be witnesses of sound minds those possibly in authority and not those that are your friends and will side with you. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Keep it in mind. These are church matters among church members. You cannot take someone that is a member of another congregation before your church or theirs. To treat as a heathen man or publican means you do not keep company or hang with them. It does not mean you don't speak to them or try to share truth with them. Paul gives us this advice in 1 Thessalonians five twelve through 14 And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and to be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. Now back to Matthew, verse 18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. We must understand that Christ is committed to his church. Whatever is righteously decided and agreed upon by the church is supported by Christ. It does not mean rendering evil for evil But righteous judgment Mm -hmm. God has not appointed us to wrath But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ We are to comfort and edify one another And follow that which is good Both among ourselves and to all men Then it says For where two or three are gathered together in my name There am I in the midst of them we have always used this scripture to mean when no, one, when no one but two or three shows up to church, which is true, but it also means under his authority and for the purpose of doing anything connected with the advancement of his kingdom. In the midst, he is present with them to hear and bless them. Verse 21 says, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? We like to put a number on how many times we can do something. Do we understand when it comes our time to leave this life, it is not about whether a person has forgiven you before you go. It is about whether you have forgiven them before you go. Jesus said unto him, I say unto you, unto thee, until seven times, but until seventy times seven. We should always have a mind to forgive. It means to stop feeling anger or resentment against someone. Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servant. And when he had begun to reckon, one, his, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. What this parable is pointing out, as well as we all stand in need of forgiveness from God, so likewise we need to forgive one another and have forgiveness from one another. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him saying, Lord have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Just like God forgives us when he has power to in his hand to punish us. So must we forgive when we have ability and opportunity for revenge. But here it says in verse 28, But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. Notice when he owed someone, he was treated kindly. But now someone owes him, he treats them violently. In any and every situation. Shouldn't we treat others as we wish to be treated? Verse 29 says, and his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying have patience with me and I will pay thee all.'" The same thing he said, the same attitude and the same words which drew compassion from his master and now presented to him by his fellow servant. And he would not but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt, so when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told unto the Lord their Lord all that was done. in our case today, we don't need someone to tell God what we are doing because he sees and knows all he knows our thoughts are far off verse thirty two says then his Lord after that, had, had, he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all the, that debt because thou desired me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on my fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was do- due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you. If you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Let me co- close by pointing this out. It says from your hearts, you forgive, not just from your lips. And it also says, forgive everyone, not just a selective few for selective reasons. God is a forgiving God and his children. As his children, we need to learn to be just as forgiving and merciful as he is. My time is up and I thank you for yours.